full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. They win the World Series 4 games to 1. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe it? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. We are here with episode 21. I am here with my man, DC. And we are here with, yet again, a guy we got to know really, really well, Mr. George Sutherland. Guys, how's it going tonight? Good. Not too bad. How are you doing? A lot better than what the Boston Red Sox have been doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're uh, struggling. Yeah. That's an understatement. We have lost six of our last eight games. Yeah. We have had cold bats. We have had horrible defense. We have had bullpen disasters. We have had starting rotation problems again, and we have had mismanaged situations. So we have a lot to go over, but before we get to the Red Sox, DC and I are going to talk a little bit about our weekend we we had when we went to cover the Blue Sox and the Rail Riders and we had some great interviews. We had some great conversations. DC, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that first. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, I got to go to two of those games. Unfortunately, I didn't get to do any of the interviews. Um, Tuesday, we kind of got our feet wet when we uh, we went for the first game. And then Friday, I couldn't make it. But uh, glad you and Chase got to interview some guys. Um, a little salty that you know Bobby D, you know, kind of gave you the cold shoulder. Still a little salty about that, even though I wasn't there. Um, but that was fun, you know, cool to get in that atmosphere. Uh, obviously, I want to get into the press box next time and get enjoy some of that AC. Because uh, we were there for, what, a couple innings the, the last game, and I came home with a pretty uh, pretty uh, solid burn on my uh, my arms and my neck. So uh, glad to get that uh, that first burn of the season out of the way. So, no, it was a good time, man. Had a really good time. Something that yeah, I never really and, got to experience. So, And, uh, well, we became really good friends with a – outfielder narcisco crook uh great guy gave us an interview while we were there and man he's going to be on our podcast this friday coming up uh how excited are you dc yeah i was pretty bummed out we i missed that but glad you guys got to talk to him he seems like a really cool dude so i'm looking forward to chatting up with him and just talking about his career and uh his plans for his future 
Yeah, uh, you know, we had in a, uh, we talked to Narcisco Crook. Uh, we talked to Fitzy a little bit, and well, man, I, I learned a little bit about him. You know, of course, I sit there and got pumped and called him Ryan Fitzpatrick instead of Ryan Fitzgerald. And, but he, he was cool. He was rolling with it. And then he was like, it's okay. Like, honestly, Patrick's my middle name. So it was like, I was a little blown off by like the whole accidental. And then all of a sudden, like the dude's name is Ryan Patrick Fitzgerald. So it's like, it fits right in there. But man, I can't wait for uh, for Friday when we talked on Narcisco. The dude is... He, he, he's, he's a great guy. Like he's so positive when he's talking, uh, you know, he was talking to Chase and I several times before, you know, we actually asked, uh, for a couple moments of his time. And then Sunday, uh, when, you know, all three of us were there, he, he went and, you know, seen us there. He, he gave us the nod and stuff like that. So this, this dude's a great guy. Uh, I, I can't wait to have him on. So, uh, now that we had the good parts, Let's talk a little bit about the bad. Dude, what is up with these these Boston Red Sox? Like, overall, it is absolutely horrible. Oh, so, my God. George, <laughs> let's sit there and start with you. What, what, what are the things that are, that are really standing out to you, man? Oh, so many to choose from. Um, to, to me... It's the defense. Um, you know, in game one of the, of the doubleheader, uh, Kike made two brutal errors in the field. And the one reason that they weren't talking about it afterwards is the Red Sox came back to win the game. I mean, you know, we can talk about this in a little bit, I'm sure, but, you know, they DFA Tapia today and basically said to Kike, uh, you're back in center field. Okay. Shuffled Duran around, gave him a vote of confidence and stuff like that. But, you know, and then after they do that, they, you know, they pinch it for Reyes in the, I think it was the seventh today. And they brought Kike back in the infield. I'm like, Oh God, why did you do that? You just sent him in the outfield. And he made a couple of brilliant plays in the outfield, stole a home run away. But yeah, he's, he became the, he became a super liability. I don't know what's going on. It's like the, it, it's almost like he gets, Penned up, and he gets so nervous when he's at short. He tries. Is this it? When we talked last time, we talked. He tries to do too much, and every time he does that, you know, he becomes a real detriment to the team, which is too bad because you know he's, he's a likable guy, and you know you know he can play the position. Something's going on, but but it, it shows you the the real problems they have up the middle right now, and you know. Um, the other real bad, of course, was Chris Sale having to go out the other night. That, yeah, that, uh, you know, things were starting to look up and then not so much. Uh, you know, but, but for me, defense and Chris Sale going down were the two big ones. You know, the, I think they go, they kind of go hand in hand is that the team is just, they're floundering right now. They're at 500. That's, that's what they are right now, and maybe even a little bit worse, which is too bad because you know two weeks ago we were they were riding high. So, yeah, I gotta agree. I think uh, if I had to pick, not to you know piggyback it, but I agree. I think the two biggest things were uh, the defense and um, 
and obviously losing Chris Sale. I mean, obviously in the middle of a, a rut, you don't want to lose your heart and soul of your pitching staff. You know, me being the heart and the soul of the whole team, that's a gut punch in it, of itself right there. Um, obviously hope that it's nothing too crazy or too serious. But yeah, the defense, I think they had they had two errors in two of the three or two of the four games and then an error in the other game. So three out of four games they had of the Rays, they had a, mm-hmm. they had an error in um and then that little league home run that, you know, basically was the, the deciding factor last night. You know, that was terrible. I mean the one price side was yeah, Bayo gave up those three runs in that one inning, but he wasn't getting hit hard, you know, it was it was late contact, um right. unlucky hit. So I mean yeah, the only thing that kinda of concerned me. Yeah, you got unlucky. Soft contacted to death. And that the only inning. thing that concerned me was after the first inning is swing and you know, swing and miss stuff was, you know, kind of non existent. But uh, overall he looked good other than just the bad luck. Um he's been uh a positive note, you know, over the last few, few starts of his, you know, he's really turned it around. It seemed like he got his command back a little bit. Um, yeah. So, but if I, like I said, you know, I agree with you, the defense losing uh, Chris sale, that's a, that's a gut punch right there. Hopefully, like I said, it's nothing serious because that's uh that's going to hurt a little bit, especially with the inconsistency in our pitching all around right now. What worries me is that nothing has come out of, either sales camp or the Sox camp about what's going on. You know, you're you know, now, now Monday, you know, unless they release it late tonight, but probably Tuesday, they honestly, you know, they're probably looking at a number of things and, you know, it's been radio silence. So that, that kind of concerns me a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely not good news. I think I agree. I'd rather hear something rather than nothing as far as that. Yeah, if it's bad, just let it out and say it. And then, you know, the fan base can move on and go, okay, he's hurt again. You know, we can move on. You know, don't, you know, let be honest. You know, if you can. Yeah, Twitter will be a dumpster fire for a couple of weeks, but Ooh. you know we're kind of used to that. <laughs> As I said, just turn it off and don't don't go through it. It's just not worth the effort. Yeah. Well, one of my big things that I sit there and like, I I read it on Twitter, like we are one of the worst teams with errors this season with Kike playing short. Yeah. I think he has like 13 errors this season. And if we would take him away, we have, I think we jumped down to like the, fir- the fourth least amount of errors mm-hmm. if we would take him off the team. So that, that's got to tell you something overall right there. Like you, mm-hmm. you can't sit there and have a guy playing shortstop that it's just not in his portfolio. You know, you can't force a guy that's at, like, I understand he's athletic, he's great, but he has a center field arm. Like, would I, would I be okay with him being over there on a second? I'd be a little more comfortable, but I would be more, I'd be, rather see Kike on the bench being a utility player where we can plug and play him as we need him right now because he's a liability when he's on the field. I just don't see how he's in, he's at shortstop if, you know, if Reyes is playing. Why isn't Reyes, at, you know, I'd rather have Reyes at shortstop than Kike at second. Well, they pinch hit for him. So yeah. this, goes, this goes after they said, you know, you're done playing shortstop. And then, you know, they pinch in for Reyes. And, you know, Valdez is, you know, Valdez is not a second baseman. I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of surprised they didn't. You know, uh, Valdez is not shortstop. Kind of surprised they didn't bring Arroyo over to short. I mean, he can play. He's not really going to hurt you. He doesn't have the range, but you know, he's going to play a smart play. But, yeah, uh, I don't think he's going to try to do too much. 
No, he's not. But he knows what he is. I mean, and he, and he's defensively, he's a solid player. Absolutely. So, you know, he's, he won't show much flash, but he'll make the play he's supposed to make. Yeah, and then uh, you got Chris Sale. Uh, man, th- th- that was that was a killer right there. Like, the dude is pitching his ass off, and he was putting up amazing numbers for his last, you know, couple starts. So it's like, what, like, what do we do? Like, I'm so glad they decided, or I don't know if they decided yet, but they have not put Corey Kluber back in the rotation yet. Crawford. So Crawford's in the rotation now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that they went that route. Uh, Pavetta has been lights out in the bullpen, you know, so far. Like yeah, he today you know, he was kind of shaky. He had a rough, he had a rough outing today. Well, before today, he, he was he was doing really well uh, out there, and it kind of he kind of like turned it turned around a little bit from going and saying I'm a starter, you know I'm not, I'm not a bullpen guy, to now that's you know he's doing really well in there. You know he was a little shaky, but then again, uh, AC's in my opinion not doing the best of managerial decisions like the double header. He brought Kenley back out, you know, like what was he, what was he thinking? Like, what were you guys thinking when you seen Kenley coming back out, you know, to try to, uh, in the ninth again, I couldn't believe it. I, Kenley's not the kind of pitcher you can go to, you know, five hours later and say, Hey, I want you to do this again. You know, he, he's a, you know, so it's he's a one he's a one day, and and the other thing is the dynamics of baseball today. Double headers are, are very very rare, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, I don't know, years ago, you know, a pitcher would do that. Uh, no, these this guy's a specialist, and you know, he's he's out there to give you the one great inning, and that's it. And you know, to call him five hours later was very much the wrong call. Yeah, I got to agree. I think that was very, it's just irresponsible. Um, especially with the reports not too long ago, wasn't he having back tightness? I don't know. I just bring him one game and then, like you say, five hours later, bring him for another one. Not only just the physical side, but the mental aspect as well. You know, you're getting yourself pumped up and then you have five hours off and then you're expected to come back. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just thought it was a little irresponsible. Um, very confused when that happened. But yeah, I agree. AC had backed himself into a corner too, DC, when he used Martin in the first game. Because yeah. Martin would have been the alternative in the second game, but he used him in the first game, but didn't, you know, obviously wasn't going to bring him out again, but he had no qualms at all about bringing out Jansen. And it was like that, that was a head scratcher. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One thing that I I was a little curious about, and I was like, why didn't he do it? Like you, you have Sheriff, you have Bernardino, but why wouldn't you sit there before you bring those guys in? Kluber only pitched an inning earlier that day. He's a starting, you know, he's a starting pitcher. He could have got to an inning, maybe two innings, you know, to bridge the gap to bring in Sheriff and Bernardino. Like, I don't understand why you had Kluber in the bullpen to use him. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to use him, you might as well just DFA of him, you know, and get somebody in New York going to use. I, I agree. I didn't really think about that. I think they've. I I think that they've lost confidence in him, 
and they put them out there, I think, initially to see what they had. And I think they were in a situation when they felt that you know, they they could come back and win the second game, and I don't think they trusted them enough. Yeah, well, in game one, Kluber pitched the one inning. Wink pitched the one inning. You didn't even use Pavetta. So you, you had Pavetta sitting there, a former starting pitcher, and he has been doing really well for you. You didn't have to bring Jensen in in the ninth. So that's just something that really baffles me a little bit about, you know, the, you know, I, I always say in AC, I trust, but there's just sometimes you have to sit there and wonder why are you bringing Henley back in five hours later? Yeah. So, uh, I'm sure we all sit there and seen that horrific, horrific defensive encounter we had yesterday. Uh, and, and no, no one wants to talk about that. Nobody. No. But uh, George, <laughs> we'll, let's start with you on that whole from you know Verdugo not you know not going in for the ball quicker to Valdez being out of place and not ready for Wong. Like that was George. I'm gonna let you do this. It's, it's uh, horrible. Yeah. It. it... Verdugo might have charged the ball a little harder and then would have had a closer play at the plate. Mm -hmm. The thing that got me was, I don't know what Wong was thinking about when he decided to go starting run out to its second base and then, then go ahead and fire the ball. And, you know, Valdez should have been closer to second base. He wasn't. But, you know, Wong is, Wong is a smart player. And why he decided to do that and then – you know, kind of like do a, uh, uh, he was like, he was trying to throw a sweeper, you know, to second base and it, you know, it just went out into the right center field. I, I don't get it. Um, it was like the, it was like a, a an entire mental collapse. You know, people just weren't where they were supposed to be, you know, and Wong, you know, he's played so he's played well and, you know, he just had a, a brain freeze and I don't get it. I think it's, I think it's, I think there's the the symptomatic of something larger going on uh, with the team itself, and that was like you said, they, you know, little, I heard a hundred people call it a little league home run. Yeah, it is, and it's embarrassing too, because that was a winnable game yesterday. Okay, they definitely that doesn't happen. They're still in the game, and you know you. You got to believe that they would have tried, you know, they would have played hard to come back. But I think that that was the other thing that just took, just took the air right out of the balloon right there. Just, just there was nothing left after that. Yeah, DC. Yeah, I was just, uh, it reminded me of Little League, man. Um, that was, it was terrible to watch, uh, frustrating. I'm pretty sure I turned off the game, you know, shortly after, uh, catching a little bit of that, you know, out of frustration. And then I turned it back on shortly after, but, uh, that was embarrassing, man. Um, all the way around. Just, I, I don't really have too much to say other than that, to be honest with you. I hate to be short about it, but it was just bad. Bad baseball, kicking the ball around the field, you know. Tough to watch. 
Well, uh, we had a lot of bad points yesterday, but we had we had a really a personal favorite good point. My man Verdugo was doing the damn thing yesterday, and he carried it over today in his defense, where he stopped by the pesky pole and robbed the home run instead of hitting the home run to the pesky pole today. Uh, Verdugo two doubles and a triple yesterday. Man. Those wheels were flying. And then him and Kike both today robbed home runs. Back-to-back uh, -back innings. Yeah, Kike yeah. robbed the one going into the bullpen. Verdugo robbed one when he came and visited us at the Pesky Pole. Like, that's just ridiculous. And uh, DC, well, how impressed are you at Verdugo so far this year? He was in a small slump, uh, but it seems to me it's, it's baseball. You're going to have your, your hills and your valleys, and it seems to me that, that you know, he's back on the, the, his high horse yet again. Yeah, obviously, you know how I feel or I felt about him before. Um, I've, I've changed my mind on him. He's, you know, I, I mean, I'm happy that he's proved me wrong. Obviously, like you said, he's hit that little small slump there for a little bit. Um, I'm not expecting him to go out there, hit 300, 310 or anything like that. I just want, you know, 280, you know, give us 15, 20 home runs, you know, 70 RBIs, you know what I mean? You know, 350, you know, on base percentage. Um, and his defense makes up for it when he's slumping as well. So, you know, I think that, you know, that gets me with him is he'll make, you know, have mental laps on the on a base pass. And that's the only thing that scares me. I, you know, he's made some costly errors, you know, late in the game you know, stuff like that. But he's gotten better with that, you know, as the, you know, as the year has gone on. Um, overall, I've been very, very impressed with him. Contract, you know, he's up, you know, he wants that extension. And obviously I'm fine with, you know, giving it to him if he, you know, continues to play like he has. Like I said, when he's down, he play, at least he gives it all in the field and that's all you can ask, especially, you know, I mean, obviously he played a part in that play last night, but, you know, he's going to go out there and give it his all. Um, and that's all you can really ask from a ball player. Especially, you know, baseball is weird. You can, you know, they always say, like, you can fail seven times and, you know, succeed three times in your – you can possibly be a Hall of Famer. So, baseball is a hard sport. Hard sport. Sorry. Had a little tickle in my throat there. But, uh, yeah, over overall, man, very, very impressed. You know, I can't really say too much about him. He's been, you know, probably one of our most consistent pieces this year. So, you know, I'm pretty happy to have him on our squad. You know, I know my – my opinions before were kind of sour, but you know, I'm a man, I'm, you know, I can eat my crow and I can uh, admit my mistakes. Hey, uh, I'm so glad that I finally got you on the Verdugo train. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one foot on, you know, about, I punched my ticket. Hey, it's moving. The train's moving and I, I'm on, I'm just, I'm just getting my footing. Uh, me personally, I, I would love if he continues the way he goes so I can sit there and see him in Seattle. I would love to see him be an all-star. I, I, I would love to see a few. Like, in my opinion, Connor Wong has got to make the all-star. Like, hands down, that defense he's had is, is Yeah, ridiculous. it would just be tough. I mean, I, I think uh, Rushman will, will start. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that's not far-fetched. I can see him as a reserve, you know. I don't, like I said, I don't. I'm not too – I'm trying to think. I'm having a, a blank on American League catchers right now, even though I play a, a crazy amount of fantasy baseball, so I should know this. 
uh, he may listen. He may end up taking some uh, somebody's place on the Oakland A's because that there is nobody qualified. Uh, you know, maybe they'll yeah. put an exception in for that. Yeah, that's a good point. But uh, George, what are you thinking about Verdugo's uh, play as of so far? Going into the season, I felt he had a lot to prove. Um, you, you knew the talent was there, okay, because he showed it when he first came here. And he goes through these, he went through these streaks last year where you saw it and then you didn't. But you know, he he came in more in shape, clearly. Okay. I think coming out of the WBC, I think he was energized. All right. Um, he wants the extension. You know, uh, he, he feels as though he's a, a a good to very good outfielder that can that can hit. That's that's true when he you know he he plays like it okay and then what many times last year we, we you know I'm sure DC you're you know you'd shake your head and go what are we doing here um you know I think he's turned it around I think AC AC challenged him in the off season and said hey buddy pick up your game because it's there for you to take you got to show it I think he's done it um I'm amazed that he's been as good at lead off as he has. I, I never saw him as a leadoff hitter. I always pictured him somewhere, you know, depending on the lineup, two, three, maybe five, six, but not as a leadoff hitter. But I think he's done an extraordinary job. Um, I'm a foot and a, I'm a foot and a half on the bus. Okay, uh, I want the I want to to see what we've seen to continue. But yeah, he, I think he belongs in Seattle. He's you know absolutely one of the better outfielders in terms of, at least for stats, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball. So I'm there. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on hopefully we can sure up our defense really soon by July? Trevor Story, Duvall, you know, Duvall was uh, in a rehab stint, and he was just smashing the ball uh, the last two games he played. Uh, Trevor Story should be back sometime around July that – so what are your guys' thoughts on them coming back? Do you think those two moves will sure up our defense? And who does not stick around when they come back? Don't forget, we also have Mondesi, who's able to, to uh, come back. Uh, we haven't even heard anything about him recently. Uh, DC, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, it definitely helps. Uh I, I do worry about uh, Story's arm at short. Um, obviously, they're not going to rush him back until, you know, they think he's ready. I did see that report today. I'm sure you guys did that. Um, Cora didn't rule him out, you know, doing DH, but that kind of even kind of murkies up the water a little bit even more when you think about it um, as far as who goes where. As far as who goes who who goes down, I'm not I'm not sure. I, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of a little thrown off with the Tapia move. Um, so I'm, I'd have to kind of look at it, you know, and, you know, do some research on it. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're going to have a crowded, I mean, it's a good problem to have though. You know, we talked about that in the spring training, um, getting story backs huge. I think uh, getting his bat, you know, back to where it was in Colorado would be a huge, you know, uplift for us. I just, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know how that pans out, you know, with, with having him back. What do you do with the vol? You know, and if Duran, you know, keeps it up, I know he's kind of, started trending downwards, you know, I mean, he obviously, like I said, a million times, he wasn't going to hit 350, 400 like he was, but 
what do you do then? Do you do you uh, put two in those two, or you split time with uh, Duvall at DH with uh, Turner? You know, do you spell Costas a lot more? Um, I, I don't want to say it because I don't I don't want Twitter to eat me alive because I, I am a fan a fan of Costas. Do you get him at bats down you know down in AAA? I I think you, at this point you just kind of ride him out. Um, I truly don't know the the route they would go. I don't know the route I would go, to be honest with you. Um, there's just so many variables that could that could play, you know, take play. You know, there could be an injury to Arroyo or somebody. You know, you know, hopefully not. But by the time Story's, you know, back, so I don't know. Right now, it's too early to tell as far as you know what I would do. Um, I hate to be the cop out there, but I, I just, I truly, I don't know what they would do. Like I said, there's so many injuries could happen, but. That would shore up the defense, but I think we also need to worry about our starting pitching right now. Um, with Sale, that's a huge question mark. Um, so, yeah, our defense needs to be shored up, but we also need to get some healthy arms, um, whether that's bringing up some guys from down in AAA or, you know, what. Hopefully, Stroman, you know, like I was saying from the last podcast, make a trade. Yeah, uh, let's sit there and talk a little bit about uh, Cassis and Jaron Duran. I honestly sit there and think that we go overall and, like, you can't send Casas down. Yeah. It's three months. You can't sit there and, and have him overall to go through and work on uh, things. His OPS is right there too. Like he's just not getting the hits, but he gets on yeah. base. Like you can't sit there and send them down. That's telling the kid the first three months of your career in the majors for a full season makes or break you. And the same thing with Jaron Duran. You can't you can't send them down to get a bats because you're going to shatter his confidence. You know, let him keep playing. Maybe possibly use Jaron as uh, trade trade bait. To try to get us a starting pitcher like Corbin Burns. I said the only thing know. is that scares me with that is I, I feel like at this point they're trying to make him part of the foundation, whereas Duvall is what well, he's on a one year deal, right? Right. So you're really sacrificing a future. I mean, obviously, you know, if you want to make a move for now, you got to sacrifice the future. I just don't know if that's the route they would go. But I mean, that's a very good point. There, you feel like a move has to be on the horizon, you know, if everything kind of lines up the way they are with, you know, healthy. Um, you know, if everybody stays healthy leading up to everybody coming back. That's, I don't know, man. But I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. Oh, no, no. Uh, so you, you, can't, you can't do that. Uh, man, that, like we talked about in spring training. Like, dude, that middle infield is so uh, so crowded overall. And it's it's crazy how we we go and do things, and like we got Arroyo, we got Mondesi, we got Reyes, we got Valdez. Valdez can go back down, you know. Uh, I'm not sure if Reyes can go down. Uh, we got what Yu Chang. So George. Uh, what's your ideal? Trevor Story's back. Mondesi's available. He's back. Who is your ideal uh, middle infield when we have a full, healthy Red Sox team? 
I think for the rest of the season, playing Trevor Story at shortstop is out of the question. I think he's coming back. He has, you know, as I said, you know, he's, this is the Tommy John alternative. Let's not destroy his arm. Okay. I think that's why AC was saying today he can come back as a, uh, as a DH. I think he'll be okay at second base. He doesn't have to, you know, do that, you know, the deep hole, you know, deep in the hole, you know, toss over to first base. Mondesi, I mean, obviously he's a wizard at shortstop. Um, you just need to get him to hit. I think they're going to try to piece it together, quite honestly. Um, I think second base they can cover. Uh, I think they like Reyes. Um, you know, defensively he, he's shown that he did make an error today, but I mean, he's shown that you know, he's he's reasonably reasonably steady at you know both short and second base. Um, Valdez is a second baseman. I think he does go down. I, I think you know of the two that they you know Valdez is kind of a one per, a one position player, so he's kind of boxed himself in. Yu Chang, you know, if we get the WBC Yu Chang back and the Yu Chang that was on fire right before he got hurt, okay. Great, you know, because he can play all four infield positions, and I'm sure if you put him in the outfield, he'd probably do a respectable job as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really need a shortstop, okay? Because right now, I don't see Story there, and until Meyer's ready, um, we need a shortstop and a good one. You Not know, to uh, cut you off, I just just read i actually forgot all about this because i was curious about it unless he came i don't i didn't see anything new but uh alex course said last week uh trevor store will be the shortstop which scares me uh, but I, I wouldn't do it <laughs> yeah because i was thinking about that i was like I, I remember reading something about it but then i was like maybe i'm making this up so i looked it up and uh yeah he said last week that um that upon his return he'll be uh he'll be the starting shortstop for the rest of the season once he returns but sorry no, no, that's wow. Okay, but yeah, I, I, I had I, not heard that, so I missed that. Uh, but that—that that is not the. De- if I was the manager, that is not the decision I would make. I don't. I agree with you. I'm with you on that. I no, mean, I know it's a, a position of need, but do you really want to sacrifice? You know, busting his arm up even more. Right, and you know, getting back to Kike, I thought he'd be fine, and I, I the beginning of the season, everybody was, "Oh, he's not good." I'm like, oh, "Relax, he'll be fine." Uh, no, I, I, you know, I'll. I'll take the beating here on that one. I I was, I was on the same long. train. You know, I'm I like, didn't I, think he'd be nearly this bad. Oh, I thought he's been of late. He's been brutal. Okay, I mean, just absolutely brutal, which you know really surprised me. And but you know, like I said, I'll I'll I'll, I'll take the beating on that one. But mm-hmm. good heavens, do not do not put that man's arm at risk because if he hurts himself, because the Sox don't have another option at shortstop. If you thought the fan base was crazy about losing him just before the start of the season, you know, at the last minute, basically, imagine what this is going to do. They, you know, you think you know Twitter will go nuclear? You know, imagine and trying to get like that last playoff spot too. Imagine if they're in a run and then he goes down with like 15, 20 games left. Oh my I, god! You know, I mean, I think everybody's kind of holding their breath and, and hoping that when Duvall comes back. It gives them the power, the, the power bat from the right side because they, they're left heavy. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and that's just, that's part of the thing that's killing them is that they don't have a right handed bat behind either um, 
a, a power hitting right handed bat behind like Devers. Okay. And he would be the he would be the guy. I mean, he demonstrated he had. The good news is since he's been playing for the Woo Sox, you know, he's already crushed a couple of home runs. Okay, so he hasn't lost his home run stroke, which you know, it was what the Red Sox absolutely need right now is they need somebody up there and mash the ball. On Casas, I'm a little wary about sending him down. He's getting on base, but you know. We need him to make con. He needs to make contact when he's on. He's you know he he goes pole to pole. All fields has the ability to take and drive the ball any place on the field. He hasn't been aggressive. You know he's been too passive. And yeah. I don't know what. No, I can agree with that. You know it's like I was so saw a stat the other day that said something along when he's when he swings at the first pitch he's hitting like two seventy six, and when he's not he's like, you know below the Mendoza line. So, you know, that should tell him something. You know, if I'm a little bit more aggressive, maybe I'll get him to fall in. And, you know, because right now they can play him straight up. And, you know, they can kind of, they can kind of guess. And if he, you know, they, they kind of put, they kind of pitch him on the edges. They know he's going to be patient. He's not going to try to swing. So yeah. you know, they're going to, they're going to try to, you know, play that game. But yeah, he needs to, he needs to be, he needs to get aggressive and soon because, you know, that's that's another weakness in the lineup. You know, and, and Turner is not the answer long term at first base. He's not. He won't hurt you. But you know, let's face it. He's what 37? thirty seven. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. Okay, thirty eight years old. You know, that should tell you everything, right? And he's yeah. you know, he's playing he's playing out of position, but he's a good athlete, and you know, he's 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 a grinder. So he'll go out there and do what you want him to do. Hey, they had him I mean, at the second base for a while today. So, speaking of him, he's probably—I mean, without the ball, he's probably our best power hitter, and he's not even that guy anymore. Right, exactly. From exactly. the right side, I mean, not not overall, but from the right side. No, from the right side, I mean, he cranked one today. And yeah. So you know he can do it, but you know not, it, he, he'll be better with somebody with a Duvall behind him, as will Devers. It'll take some of the pressure off of Devers. But yeah, that's the other piece. Yeah, because uh, Devers is in a small slump himself right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and then what was it? I, I think I read he was one for 21 against the Rays uh, in his in his last, you know, 21 at-bats. And it, it was, it's crazy. I think he's the, his only hit was a home run against them. So he, he struggles against the Rays. And, you know, that's a team that we're going to eventually have to play if, if we're making a push for it. Uh, one thing I am worried about though, is the fan base overall, because all I, all I hear is, you know, the Red Sox suck, you know, we're losing, we're terrible, we're this, I don't know what their expectations were from the beginning of the season, but I know DC and I, when we did, you know, the first couple episodes, we were talking wild card spot. We're five games back of the wild card spot right now. You know, we're not, we weren't talking division winners. We weren't talking American League, you know, uh, best record. We were talking wild card spot. We're still in the hunt for the wild card spot. Could we be closer? Yeah. You know, a couple things go our way. You know, we could have that wild card spot now. 
but it's only beginning of June. And our, my expectations at the beginning of the season was a wild card spot. So I, I don't understand. I hate hearing, you know, we are X amount of games out of first place. So I never thought we were being first place. I never thought we'd be in last place either. But I, I, I hate hearing all this all the time. People sitting there saying, you know, how terrible we are. And, you know, we'll just give it up. I thought this was going to be a transition year. You know, we were, we were going to be slightly competitive, wild card spot, and we brought people in to hold the fort over until we get a, you know, say Daniel Raffaella or Marcelo Meyer, you know, Nick York, till we get some of those younger people up that will be the future of our organization. Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, Red Sox uh, fan base, I'm, I mean, I'm... I'm not going to do myself any favors by saying this, but uh, sometimes I, I truly can't stand, you know, a lot of Red Sox nation, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm 32, so I'm not that, you know, I'm not that old, but I was a fan, you know, 2004, you know, I, I, I watched 2003, you know, as a 13 year old, really upset, you know, when Aaron Boone, you know, killed my dreams. But I feel like there's a lot of fans, especially on Twitter. Um, I feel like it's a lot of, you know, younger crowd. And when I say, I know, like I said, I'm not this old guy. I'm only in my 30s. But, you know, like the younger 20s that weren't really, you know, they weren't, they were too young to really, you know, understand that the Red Sox weren't always, you know, good. The Red Sox weren't always putting the best product out in the field. Um, so, I mean, you have, you have four championships in less than 20 years. That, that kind of spoils you a little bit. So it does get frustrating. Obviously, I went into this season. I think I had them projected pretty positive, uh, you know, maybe a little a little too high. But I had them at like, what, 91 or 92 wins, you know, if all things went well. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't expecting first place. We, we play in a gauntlet of a division. Um, I think I think our fan base is very spoiled overall. Um, I think they're very fickle. But uh yeah, I mean, I just it annoys, it annoys the hell out of me too. Sometimes and you jump on Twitter, you, you see like you see one person make a comment, you know, it's just like, dude, it's the first inning. Like they give up a hit, you know what I mean? It's not the end of the world. We we've all seen some crazy stuff. We all saw 2004. Yeah. I mean, you know that series with the Yankees. You know, when you see something like that, you know anything can happen. You know, yeah, we're not playing the best right now, but I think we could go on a, you know, a crazy 25 game stretch, get ourselves right back into it, you know? Um, but I also think we could, you know, crap the bed a little bit too and put ourselves in even more of a hole. Um, but that's what I love about baseball. And I just wish, you know, some of our fans would just enjoy the game for what it is. Um, it's a hard game, you know, um, and just, you know, enjoy it. You know, you're not going to win every single one. If you did, it wouldn't be fun. You know what I mean? So True. that's, you know, that's just my two cents. George. Yeah, um, I had him. I think I just look back, but I think I had him at 88 wins. Um, I thought they could easily play. I think they could definitely make the wild card. You know, one of the last last spots in. Um, yeah, I, I felt that they had shaken up the clubhouse enough to to do that. I felt that uh, they had definitely taken the back end of the bullpen and squared it away. And you know, for all for all intents and purposes, with everything going on. You know, with Mott, with Martin and Jansen at the end, you're, you're in good shape. They've uh, Bernardino's kind of stepped up and been, you know, maybe gets his promotion to the back end. But you know, they, they're still, you know, they, where Rodriguez is hurt again. 
who knows? But the back end is better because you've got two guys who know their role. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shriver comes back. He knows his role. You know, Shriver in the seventh, Martin in the eighth, Jansen in the ninth. Have a nice day. That's pretty. That's a pretty good group of guys that you can mess mess around with opposing batters' heads. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a couple of days older than you are, DC. Um, mm-hmm. but, yeah, and the, the 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 Red Sox fans have been spoiled. Um, let me tell you, there were some years that they just were absolutely horrible. You know, they, they didn't they didn't show up. Um, on the whole, I think that uh, there's too much expected. You play in the AL East. That's a meat grinder. Um, you know, I mean, the Toronto Blue Jays, did you have them barely being just above the Sox with that lineup? Mm-hmm. I mean, good grief. Well, I think I picked them to win the division, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you know, you take a look at that lineup and you go, yeah, they're, they're dangerous. And they have, they finally have a little bit of pitching. And the Manoa change, you know, turns it around. They're going to be a, a problem. They are. But for right now, they're, they're kind of going through the same situation the Sox are. Um, you know, Baltimore, they've been amazing. I mean, you know, the Rays aside, Baltimore's been amazing. And, you know, the Yankees could come back to earth a little bit. I'm not so sold on whether or not they're as strong as one would think. Um, they're going to be a good team, but I don't think they're as strong as they've shown lately. But Baltimore, wow, talk about a young team. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you're playing a meat grinder. So for you to be to be a 500 team in this division, um, it, that that kind of gets some respect because it very easily could be what it has been the last couple of seasons, and it's reversed. Instead of being 30 and 30, you could very well be 20 and 40, mm-hmm. right? And then you know that's a different conversation. But yeah, 33 at this stage of the season, I'll take it. Yeah, uh, Baltimore is looking really amazing. And just think, in a couple years, that young core could be our young core. You know, uh, I, I would love to do an episode, you guys, with, you know, projected like a 2025, 2026 lineup of, you know, of what the Red Sox could look like by then, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, that's even time what, to research that up, though. I want to make sure yeah. I. Oh no, that, that's fine. <laughs> uh, here, here, here's a quick question uh, I seen on on Twitter. Uh, how opposed would you guys be with Sale? Say he doesn't need surgery; he just needs some time to rest. How opposed would you guys to be to put him to the bullpen for the rest of the season? It may be the smart thing to do, Rit. Um, I, I wrote this in my Sunday column for my Sunday coffee notes. Um, we may have seen the best, what Chris Sale's going to be. He may have flashes of brilliance, but, you know, given, given the structure and how his arm is holding up and his body type, you know, maybe he does belong in the bullpen and, you know, maybe he's one of the, you know, maybe he and Martin are the bridges to Jansen, you know? Um, the problem is that that's a nice problem to have. And if he can fulfill the role, it would be awesome. Uh, you know, it may, it may actually prolong his career because instead of trying to get 30 starts and five innings and 150 innings out of the guy, right mm-hmm. now you're only trying to maybe get 60 to 80 innings out of the guy, right? 
Yeah. Does that work? The, the problem is at least it's just a gaping hole in the starting rotation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they, they count on him to do something. Okay. And given the, the, the failure of Kluber and the inconsistency of Pavetta, you know, those two guys are sitting in the bullpen. And now you now you've left with three very young pitchers in 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 Whitlock, Hauk, and Bayo trying to carry the club. And you're hoping that Paxton is on the path to success again. And God forbid he doesn't have a a Chris Sale moment. Um so I that may not be the end of the world. Um and if it keeps him on the field and it doesn't destroy his arm, a Chris Sale that can give you one inning is better than a Chris Sale on the IL any day. Uh, uh, I always like uh, the thought of Chris Sale going into a closer role. Maybe next year or the, you know, the year after, you know, as, as, as he ages, maybe he is your closer for a while. You know, Jansen's your bridge. You know, he's got to yeah. get used to the idea. We all know pitchers who have done it. DC, I know you're you're really high and huge on Chris Sale. What were your thoughts be about uh, moving him to the bullpen? Yeah, I mean, if it you know would keep him on the field, I'd be all for. It. Obviously, I'd you know I'd like for him to you know stay healthy and be the starting pitcher that we you know we signed him to that extension to be. But um, yeah, I mean, if we kept him on the field and it you know helped us produce some wins, I'm obviously all for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I think we've had these conversations before. I could see Chris Sale being the closer, you know whether it's next year or the year after. Um, I mean, he has the velocity, you know, and he can come in for one inning. I think be a lot, you know, a lot less wear on his arm, obviously, you know, bring down the innings for each year. But, um, yeah, I'd be I'd be all for it. Like I said, obviously, I want him, I want him pitching, you know, in the starting rotation. I want him to be that guy that we're used to, you know. But I think uh, those days, you know, of longevity is, you know, behind us. So I think, you know, it'd be pretty cool to see him as a closer, you know, you know at some point. Uh, after our, our GM episode we had, I was, I, I was sitting there and, you know, going through and, and looking and someone came to my mind who, uh, is arbitration eligible. What would you guys think if we would sit there and move sale to the bullpen and trade for Shane Bieber of the Indians? I'd. I'd be all for it. I'd just be worrying about the package we'd have to give up. But yeah, I mean, sure. he's a stud. Um, I he'd be he'd be a good pickup for us, a great pickup. Um, the package would bother me, and then I don't know. There's this the there's something in the back of my mind that. Something may not be right, uh, whether it's you know in the clubhouse or not. I just don't know. I just have to. And I'm, I'm more. I'm worried about it. There's something kind of bizarre that the Guardians would give up on him. You know. Yeah. I just, just I, I can't put my finger on it. It's just I'm just something in the back of my head says, yeah, be careful. I mean, he'd be, you know, obviously he's a, you know, a good young pitcher and yeah, I'll, I'll take any of those guys all day long, but you know, what are you giving up and you know, what are you, what are you really getting? I think that would be my cautiously optimistic would be the best way to put it in management talk. 
<laughs> well, uh, speaking of the Guardians, we're coming up on a two-game series. We got Paxton versus Bieber. And then we got uh, To Be Determined from us. And uh, Bybee? Bebe? Bebe. So, uh, real quick, George, what are you thinking uh, with the series? Are we splitting it? We we sweeping it? Or are we getting swept? I think we split it, to be honest with you. Um, Cleveland has it has had its issues as well. So they're not, you know, they're not coming in, you know, hot as they were last year. Um, I think we I think we we stand a chance uh, you know, to at least take one, probably two games in the series. Um, I honestly believe that maybe after the disaster at home, you know, going on the road, you know, it's time to prove yourself again. Uh, then come Friday, you know, we're going on to the Bronx. So yeah. Um, I think, I, I think we can, I think we can win this series. Um, as I said, the Indians are not uh, the Indians. I knew I, I knew I'd say it eventually. Um, the guardians are not the team that they were last year at this, at this point. So I think it's a good chance you can sneak up on them and, you know, have your way. DC, what about you? I think we split. Um, I could see us giving the first one up. I think uh, obviously Bieber's a hell of a pitcher, and we're kind of scuffed a little bit as far as uh, offensive-wise. But um, I think we take game two. But, yeah, I, uh, I'm excited to see Paxton. Um, you know, he didn't have too bad of a start last one. Um, and he's kind of been on a nice little roll. Um, see if he can get back in more of a groove, you know, coming back from the injury. Um, and then Bibby, he's no, he's nobody to sleep on either. I know I picked them to take the, or the Sox to beat them when he pitches, but uh, I think up until his last start, he was on a three, uh, three game stint where he had three straight quality starts. And last thing he had like five innings pitched and three earned runs. So, I mean, he was on as well, get, or on his way of getting another one, but uh, 3 2 0 ERA. You know, he's straight, he can strike you out six or seven a game. So he's no slouch either. So I think, uh, I think we do come out firing. You know, we got, we just got embarrassed at home. So not only by uh, the Rays, but the Reds, you know, and they're not that great of a team. So I think we come out, you know, with the fire on our ass and hopefully, uh, hopefully some runs. You know, it's kind of fun when we do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to sit there and, and, feel like an idiot it's a three game series so all so all pitches game three so oh, you I, said two game, I even thought i was sitting here i was like oh. i i sit there and i glanced back down and i was like wait it's a three game series and Sabal is uh all right two out of three is, i was say george two out of three for you yeah i, I think so I, i'll sit I there and, uh, I, I i'll say two out of three also so uh Real quick before we end the show, I want to sit there and uh, DC. Would you like to make the, make the big announcement? I'm going to let you make the big announcement because you got some enthusiasm tonight, and I'm kind of slouching. And I, <laughs> okay. and, I, and I think it deserves it deserves 100 effort. And <laughs> well, uh, guys, we we sit there and DC and I were talking, and we love George so much. Uh, we, we were reading some of his articles. Uh, you know, George started writing the same pretty around, pretty much around the same time he said as, as we started the podcast. So we kind of thought like all the the worlds were aligning, the stars were right there. 
The Sox were looking great. So we had made an offer for George to come and join us on the Pesky Podcast to not only come on the podcast whenever he would like, but also to be our head writer. And George was so gracious to accept the offer to be a part of our brand and help us grow as we will help him grow. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity. Um, as I said, you know, the last time we did this, um, I love working with you guys. You guys are great. Um, you're, you're, you're not, you're knowledgeable fans. You're great guys. Uh, it's a lot when, you know, we, we have fun when we do this mm-hmm. and that, that's what it should be. And, um, I'm, I, I started this, I, I just as something, I, I had a feeling I could, I could do it. And I just said, well, I'm just going to go out and pound away and see what happens. Uh, I'm having, I'm, I'm having a blast doing it. Uh, uh-huh. And, and, and even more so coming in and, and doing, you know, coming on, do, working with you on the podcast and things like that. Uh, this, I, 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 I'm looking forward to it. I want to thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I think that this, this will be a lot of fun for for all and we'll you know just see what happens see what happens and i think good things so i'm, I'm excited uh dc uh what, what are your thoughts when, when you know give george a little, a little a little talk a little credit yeah i'm uh i was really excited when uh when you, you let me know that he got back to you and he uh well, obviously, I could see it on my phone because I'm in the group chat, but I think you're the one that told me or to look at my message or something like that. But uh, yeah, I was really stoked that uh, he joined. Like I said in the last episode when we did the GM thing, um, George has been a supporter since day one. And like I said, I'm pretty sure he's been our number one supporter, you know, as far as him and, you know, Sox Addict and uh, Christina. Um, but he's been there since day one, you know, fan questions. He's sent them in. Um, he's given, you know, the writ feedback immediately after episodes have been dropped. Um, and he just always had great things to say. And obviously we've had great conversations together. So I was pretty excited that, that you accepted to join us, George. I think, uh, you know, I, I never expected to interview anybody that we've interviewed already. I know we haven't been, you know, done anything, you know, too extravagant or anything, but, you know, we joined and we started this in February, you know, Josh said, you never know what could happen. So, you know, not to sound cliche and, you know, pass it on, but I'm excited to see what happens, you know, for, you know, in our future, I think, uh, we can do a lot of cool things, you know, with this podcast and especially, you know, excited to have you on as writing, you know, it's something we've been looking for for a while since we started. So excited to have your talent, have, you know, your knowledge. Um, you seem like a great dude, you know, in the conversations we've had and uh, just glad to get, you know, you know, get to know you more and, you know, grow together, you know, with the podcast. So thank you. Well, thank you. Um, I, I, think, I think I said to, to, to Rit, uh, when we, he talked about it, I said, you know, I've only been at this for a hundred days. And, you know, I, I said, that, I said to my wife, I said, do you believe this? That, you know, in a hundred days, you know, all this has happened. And yeah, yeah it's like, no, I said, and the best part is I'm having fun. This is what I started out to do and I, I enjoy it. And, uh, Hey, I, th- this is a blast for me. I just like th- th- the world is good. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, the, the the guy uh that got me into podcasting uh on my on my old podcast uh he he continued and he he told me uh he listened to our last podcast the GM episode and he, him and his wife were listening and he's like Rit he goes you've got you, you're a lot com- you sound like a lot more confident now 
than when I first started, you know, three years ago. He goes, you're able to have all the enthusiasm, uh, you know, you're doing really well and stuff. And, and, and I'm, I just wanted to thank him. His name's Mike Freeland. And mm-hmm. the dude was like a mentor to me. And, you know, I, I'd sit there and kind of took DC under my wing. They're sitting there like, dude, let's do this. You know, actually, when I asked him, I just looked at him. Uh, I was like, hey, we should start a Red Sox podcast. Bullshit him straight up. And he's like, <laughs> he, he turns around. He's like, yeah, let's do it. So I'm like, okay, um, I guess we have to do it now because, <laughs> and and here we are, you know, a uh, cu- couple months later, you know, like you, and we're having a time of our life. Uh, we made some really good friends. Uh, we met some really bad ones too, and uh, I, I, I I think that I think we finally found the the other corner in our triangle that will actually fit this time. So. But George, thanks a lot. You're a great guy, uh, and I appreciate it. No, I, I no, the pleasure's all mine. Um, you guys, you guys are awesome, and I, I you know, I, I think working. I think that you know, I'll bring what I can, and you guys are, you know, already established a great brand, and I'll, you know, I'll try to hold that up as well. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fun, I'm, and that, that's what it's all about. Sports is supposed to be fun. Yeah, you can get good days and bad days, but you know they're, they're supposed to take your mind off of things. So. Yeah. So, guys, want to wrap up this episode? Thanks everybody for listening. Head on over to our YouTube page, sub, check out uh, not only all of our interviews that we have done here on the Pesky Podcast, but uh, all the interviews I did from when I was uh, rest- doing a pro wrestling podcast. Uh, guys, sit there and follow us. Uh, on YouTube, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. DC's got TikTok up and running. Uh, I have no idea how to do that. Uh, but uh, well, don't don't lie to him. It's it's up, but it's not running yet. Well, um, so, like I said, I'm I'm about to be 33, so I'm 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 not a young gun anymore. These uh these apps are are confusing me a little bit. I know. So sometimes you just got to pass it off to the kid and let them do it. I'm so. not giving it to my five-year-old. Nope. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, be careful for the response you get, though. Yeah. So, but guys, thanks for sitting there and uh, listening to us. Our next interview, like I said, is th- uh, we'll be dropping this Friday. Uh, it is with uh, Woo Sox outfielder Narcisco Crook. So, but for DC, for our man George Sutherland, I am the Rit. See you guys next time on The Pesky Podcast.